shakalaka. I have no idea. Is that the way we're going to launch the episode? Boom! Fire! <laughs> oh my god, that's I what it feels like outside. How hot is it there right now? You, uh, I don't know. Like, we had some thunder, uh, thunderstorms and a little bit of rain, so it cooled off like a skosh. Right now it's 90, but the last couple of days it's been 100 and over over 100. So, I mean, 90 is actually significantly better than the last three or four days. Wow, so that's, that's insane. That's like, oh, well, getting punched in the nuts is a lot less than being punched in the ear. I mean... <laughs> yeah. So, like, a couple of days ago it said tomorrow's high was supposed to be 108. Oh, Jesus! But now it's... De- it's- <laughs> But now it's down to 100, so it's significantly better. Yeah, but that's weird standards to <laughs> I know. I um, know. It, it's really bad, yeah. I love that you said skosh, which means at some point we're going to have to discuss loser. Some point. Oh, okay. You know, I kind of, we did mention that in another episode. I don't remember which one. But it did come up, and I just, like, for some reason, that movie is just not very memorable at all. No, we went to the theater and saw it, and we're like, eh, but it has some unique stuff. I love looking back at the people who became stars later. Yeah, you know, I don't know that I've seen it since, like, around the time it came out originally. So, I mean, I'd just rather watch, like, Saving Silverman. (laughs) like always yeah but i think that's just because of the neil diamond stuff maybe like i don't know and steve zahn because i I don't give a shit steve zahn's magic (laughs) he's he's a magical little imp what are we discussing on this episode of we got the beat what are we discussing we are discussing the in crowd and dirty dancing now, mind you, these are teen movies, so you might get confused. Why the uh, 2000 thriller, The In Crowd? No, it is not that movie. It is no, a no. very lost uh, I, I, movie about dancing in the 60s called The In Crowd. Uh, and this a is, little gem. Yeah, it, it's completely... I don't know if it's music rights or what's going on. It's an Orion film, so it's from a real studio. Uh and it's not like they don't license their stuff out. I found this on VHS about 10 years ago, and I thought it was a blast. I loved it more this time. And you had never heard of it. You hadn't seen it. Do you want to start with that one? Mm-mm. Sure. I would first like to say how happy I am to keep finding little weird movies that have Joey, Joe Pantalone, Leon, how do you say his name? We always... You and I have always called him Joey Pants for as long as I can remember, but I realized I did that the other day when I was talking to my husband, and he goes, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was just, that, that's one of our inside jokes. Nobody else understands that Joey Pants is this person that I can't pronounce his name. Can um, you do it, please? What is Joe Pantialano. Okay, thank you. And, I just can't do it. Well, the reason I say Joey Pants is because it's actually in his biography, which I read when I was bedridden, you know, 20-something years ago. And mm-hmm. so it's it's not um, ours. You know, it, it's not our little secret. Oh. But it seems like we're the only ones in our group that seems to know this. But it's it's in his autobiography because people had trouble saying his name, so they just started calling him Joey Pants in school. And they just kind of stuck Can around I... as like a... What? 
I was just going to say, I had no idea that he had an autobiography, and now I am very curious, although it is wildly outdated if I read it now. Well, no. It's it's about his childhood. It's only up until he decided to start acting. I think it goes up to about 80. Oh. Yeah, so it's about... You know, his childhood growing up in, uh, you know, a dysfunctional home, how he wanted to be a singer instead of an actor, and then going through theater. And it talks, I think it goes up to the point actually where he got his nose job um, after Risky Business, and then he kind of just leaves it there. As in, that's like the new version, that's where he finally started to take off. Sure. Yeah, I just, I thought it was interesting that we, not even that long ago, we talked about another hidden gem that was almost you know it's pretty much non-existent people don't talk about it it's kind of lost also music based also in the like early 80s also with him in it so it was just I wonder if he just it was a coincidence that he gravitated or he got movie roles and things that were music based or purposeful well maybe because that's what he wanted to be a singer so if I think about it yeah so we watched The Idol Maker and that was 1980. And then he's in Eddie and the Cruisers, which is another another oh. musical teen-oriented film, which we got to do the God, double I love feature. That movie. And um, and then Goonies. I mean, it's not musical, but the the soundtrack's a big part of it. And doesn't his brother sing opera in that? Yes. He always so you know. I mean, he's in other stuff like he's in Midnight Run. Of course, we know from Bad Boys and The Matrix. But it does seem like the first chunk of his career was music-oriented. Yeah, it's just weird because that I don't know that version of him as well as, like, you know, the older, like, bald, uh, bad guy version of him, kind of. Or, like, it, it's funny because I was watching Bad Boys 2 the other night. On purpose? We found, <laughs> well, y- well, yeah, because the third one just came out on DVD and I just got it from the library, so we like watched the first the first one like a month ago and then this one the other night like i didn't remember anything about this one but then i was just like another movie with joey pants like i'm just watching so many movies with him he's everywhere isn't it okay so let's talk about something real quick his toupee he, do, he doesn't have one. Uh-huh. Idol, he doesn't have one in Idol Maker. He's just kind of losing his hair back then. But look at his toupee in the in crowd, and then look at his toupee in Bad Boys. In Bad Boys, uh-huh. it's so obviously fake. It's such a solid, streamlined hair. It's like that hair that Sean Connery wears in Hunt for Red October, which is obvious. And the one that he wears in in crowd is truly impressive, and he should have stuck with that. Well, I mean, like I don't think about that kind of stuff quite as much, and in. Honestly, it's not it's not as obvious. I certainly didn't I certainly did not think that it was a toupee in the in crowd at all. So it was very good. The uh, so the plot of it is you got this normal everyday suburban kid. Uh, he's not popular, but he has his own little niche in his high school. He's not rich. He's not really one of the cool kids in he kind of yearns for something different, but he's not like one of those... There's always a cliche with these movies where it's, uh, oh, this kid... You know, it's like, um, uh, you can't buy me love, where he desperately wants to be in this group. It's not so much that. Yeah. He just wants to be on that show so he can dance. And Well, I thought I was actually going to make a comparison to Can't Buy Me Love, but mostly it was it was just about his, like... 
one of the early sequences when he's like watching the TV and he's dancing super awkwardly and he just I mean not all of it's bad but you know he's dancing he just like sort of falls over and it's like really goofy it reminded me uh, almost of that scene in um, Camp Army Love where like uh, Patrick Dempsey's oh. character who was his little brother was it Seth Green? It was yeah like tricks him into thinking that like the new hip dance moves are not on MTV but really he changes it to like National Geographic channel or something like that right yeah and he does that goofy dance yeah yeah but you're right like there is no there's no there's not like he isn't ashamed of who he is he's not ashamed of his friends he's not ashamed of like his role he you know he has his place he has friends he has stuff he does he's just longing for something different yeah. or more and well, so we, it's yeah, like it's a really it is really nice that he's it's not about you know wanting to be something specific or be with the cool kids and all that stuff like it was really pure uh and he he just wanted to dance that's just it yeah and and it's his friends his old friends are the ones who kind of turn their back on him instead of the vice versa because yeah there's nothing wrong with him he wanted to be part of both groups it's just the dancing took up more time than i think he expected i mean i have whoever worked on this movie you know wrote the story I feel like they must have been behind the scenes or they must have been that person because the details they go into behind, you know, what how they actually make these teen dance shows is fascinating. Yeah, it was, you know, there's a, there are other movies and shows that are kind of similar to this. I mean, you know, um, Girls Just Want to Have Fun kind of has a similar vibe, although the, like, male female dynamic is different uh the like romance element is different you know but the like genuine love of like dancing and just like wanting to be a part of something like that is similar um but also you know because it's like a, a, a similar kind of tv show of course very different time periods but it does this one does delve way more into the yeah, the background, the nuances, the like, uh, you know, weird details of pleasing someone that we don't normally know about. Yeah. Well, it's also the fact that this is an end of an era, but we don't know this at the beginning because in our minds, when we think about an era, it goes a lot longer than it really does. Like, this is during the post-Beatles but pre-hippie kind of thing. So it's only like a four-year mm-hmm. area where it's all teen-oriented, like the Monkees, the Beatles, Stones, and stuff like that. Where, and they haven't switched over to around like you know Vietnam era. And that seems like, in my mind, that lasted all the 60s. But then you have to stop and think, no, that's only like a small chunk. It's like grunge. Everybody thinks the 90s were all grunge. Well, no, if you actually look at it, it was 92 oh, yeah. to 96. After that, it switched. And yeah. But that's what people think, like who weren't around. They're like, oh, you guys all wore flannel and listened to Smashing Pumpkins and stuff like that. No, it was only a small chunk of your life. But when you're a kid, it seems like forever. It was surely influential uh, for such a small period of time. Yeah, and but yeah, this cast is so good. And I can't believe that I don't think any of them still act, as far as I know, except Joey Pants, of course. But Donovan Lech... Uh, he was only in like three or four movies, did a little bit of TV, but for the most part just disappeared. I don't know if he was a dancer because 
I don't see the same way they do in most dance movies where they have him do the basics and they, they cut away to somebody else. I, I think it's him the whole time, except maybe that flip. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to know, because he certainly. I was just like, I have no idea who this kid is. I didn't recognize any of the people. Uh, maybe with the exception of like maybe a few of the adults, but oh, oh, I take that back. The girl. Now I'm trying to remember the girl who is like the main girl that he ended up being partnered with. Yeah. I kept thinking, she looks familiar, she looks familiar, why does she look so familiar? And I, like, looked up her credits, and she was, like, the replacement Cindy Brady on, like... Oh, really? <laughs> the, the, the TV movie when they were grown-ups. Yeah. I think I was uh, obsessed with that movie. Like, I watched it a shit ton for some reason. And I was like, oh... That is absolutely what I recognize her from. Isn't that weird? Yeah, so, I know her from Ghostbuster. That, She's in the opening scene when, uh, you know, the guy with the big fuzzy hair and the blonde girl and uh, Bill Murray's with them and he's trying to uh, see if they have ESP and he keeps shocking the kid. Oh, kind of. Yeah. yeah. That's the only guy I know her from. Sorry, huh. I turn out like. Um, no, Donovan is the son of the singer Donovan and I didn't realize his sister is Ioni Skye. Yeah. All of those things are very confusing to me. So this guy's name is Donovan, and he is the son of the singer Donovan? Yeah. He's a junior. Why does she have a completely different name? I'm guessing Skye is probably her middle name. Whoa. My brain can't handle this information. <laughs> He's famous for the song Mellow Yellow. Really? <laughs> Oh, I love that song. I didn't know that. I was thinking it was song. I thought he sang Season of the Witch. Who sang uh, Season of the Witch? But yeah, I don't uh... know. I'm not. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm not quite as good as keeping track of those singers from that time period. Yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb, and now I'm seeing all this information. Where does it even say about Ioni Sky though? It doesn't say. Oh, it's in his biography. Oh, there. Bro- yeah. Older brother of actress Ioni Sky. Okay, I see it. Weird. The, uh, what is it? Wendy Gazelle is so adorable as his best friend, but she also causes issues because she's jealous of the world he's in now. And I kept going, she looks so mm-hmm. familiar. This is driving me nuts. You know? And then I realized when I looked up her IMDb, she is in hot pursuit. She's John Cusack's girlfriend. Oh, okay. A movie. I've I think seen I've seen that movie you. way less than you. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it probably a hundred times. <laughs> I love how we both did that from a different angle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and oh, the one other guy I want to pick out real quick is Sean Sullivan. I've never seen him before in my life. He plays a character named Popeye, and he's so insanely over the top. It's hard to hate him. Like at first, oh, I was like, he's a little yeah. big on this, but I was like, nah, I'll go with that. He's a little Styles from Teal. <laughs> kind of. You know what? Okay, I'll give you that. Um, but uh, there's two things that really surprised me in this movie, and I had so much fun. Besides the fact that Donovan is clearly having the time of his life dancing. They're all having so much fun, but the, the, the numbers that they give him when he dances by himself are so full of joy and goofiness. I, you can't hate it, but when he has the showdown with the boyfriend... 
of of the girl that he's yeah. dancing with, which he's in love with her, but then he realizes he's he loves her, which is different. He doesn't lust after her. He just has genuine love for her because he's such a nice person. He's yeah. a good guy. He's a genuine mm-hmm. good guy who doesn't fuck up like most of these movies. And... When he realizes what Dugan, uh, the boy who's on the... I think he got in legal trouble and he got fired from the show. When they have their showdown, it's not like the cliche where you punch each other. They have a dance fight, and I'm all the way in. It was so good. Oh. Can I, can I tell you that that's one of my favorite things about... Have you seen it, it, either of the new um, Jumanji movies? I've seen the first one, and I was okay with it, but I didn't think it was so great. That was one of my favorite things ever was, like, one of her specialties is dance fighting. It was just, like, one of the best scenes I've ever seen. It was fantastic. Dance fighting is dope. Um, and I want to see one more thing. The uh, the part where they they give Vicky, Jennifer Runyon's character, I think a lot more depth than they usually do in these movies because it's usually, oh, she's the mm-hmm. vapid girl from the other side of town. They're going to realize that she's bad for him. He's going to go with the other girl. And... It kind of works out that way, but they don't... She kind of knows who she is. She knows she's not as book smart as the rest of the group is, and she's trying, though. She wants to be, and she, and she just finds peace with who she is, whereas everybody else... Like, especially mm-hmm. Gail gives her shit at that that, um, that dinner they have after that the dinner play. dinner or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I thought she had a really strong moment. She's like, look, you don't need to treat me like shit because I'm not like you. You know, she was super, like, and she didn't, she didn't lash out. She was so, like, decent to her, even though that girl was so mean to her. Yeah. It just, it's a really surprising yeah. movie. Yeah, it does have a lot of, you know, a lot of depth and really, um, different, um, like, it is not cliche, and that's really nice. I was looking at the director of this. I, and uh, he mostly has uh-huh. written. This is the only movie he's ever directed, but he has some weird ass career. This is what he's written with his partner. Uh, Legended Billy Jean is where he started. That's great. Uh, Jewel of the Nile, Superman Four. <laughs> uh, sometimes they come back. Star Trek Six for love or money. Do you remember that one? Michael J. Fox and Gabriel Anwar. Sure. Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, yeah, I've seen like. <laughs> I swear, I've seen. Every movie with Michael J. Fox ever. Yeah. Uh, then he doesn't write anything for five years. Then does Mercury Rising, Mighty Joe Young, Long Gap, Planet of the Apes, Mona Lisa Smile, Flicka, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, and then Roots, the remake on television. What? Huh. That's a really strange I gotta career. say, like, some of those movies are not great, but I still really enjoy them. Like, I mean, dude... Sources or Apprentice is kind of a weakness for me. I don't know why. It's very likable, even though it's not necessarily good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I sat in a very empty theater. Having yeah. A, I had a time of my life, and everybody was over at that Zookeeper movie, and I was like, all right, whatever. What? I know. The reason I, I know this. The reason movie. I know this is because I went to the wrong screening. I went next door because I didn't read the sign right, and I sat there going, "This is Sorcerer's Apprentice, son of a bitch!" And I realized it was Zookeeper, and I ran over to the next theater. And thank God it was running like ten minutes Aww. behind, <laughs> so I got I got like most of it. Also, sometimes they come back as a good movie, it and is. I it's don't pretty... know how I saw it. Maybe on TV. Well, yeah. But I think that I'm, I was slightly scarred by that. So, you were. You job, talked buddy. about it you for years. Good, you told me how. Movie. Yeah, you told me how great it was. <laughs> it was okay. So this is weird. This is a side side step. Um, 
Uh, take it to we me. always have five steps. Yes. Uh, sometimes the comeback was from the day the rent is company, but they went out of business and they end up selling their catalog to whoever would take it. So like Orion Pictures mm-hmm. took Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <clears throat> Next episode. Um, and uh, Trax went, went to HBO. And then the third movie they had left sitting on the shelf was uh, Sometimes They Come Back and CBS paid a buttload of money for the premiere of it. So yes, you saw it on television first. I don't know if I'll ever find a copy of that, but it's on my it's on my uh, wish list. You know, there's three of them, right? Three. Uh, I did not, but I do see that there is a sometimes they come back again and then from 1996. Sometimes <laughs> they come back for more. <laughs> but there's like, oh yeah, no, I've never seen the other ones. But Jennifer Elise Cox is in it. No, they're all they're all good. The second one's the cheesiest, so the third one's fucking oh, rad. Okay. Well, hopefully, I'll find like a collection of them sometime. Yeah. I don't know. Um, um, what is our next movie? Anyway. What is our next movie? Were you surprised oh, I chose this? Oh, can I say this, one more thing? Yes, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you were talking about that fella uh, that was Popeye. Yes. Who was undeniably, like, likable. I just was clicking on his credits. And it's so weird because I he, he is still acting. Uh, and I just watched something. He was on four episodes of the Umbrella Academy. And I'm like, oh, my God. He played that person, and it was like I just finished it like last night or the night before the season two. He and, and he is a mess. Yeah, Strange. he reminds me of the guy. Uh, was it T Bone or whatever his name from Prison Break? Like a nice version of him. <laughs> oh, so what is that guy's name? T Steak. T T square. Oh, I, I can't talk about him. He creeps me <laughs> yeah, out. Robert Nevers. Yeah, scary. I know what you mean. I swear, I saw something with him when he wasn't a bad guy, and it just like hurt my brain. Yeah, wild. Anyway, thing. he sees a superhero Mo- street kid in, in Wild Thing. You got to find it. You see his movie. Moving on, we are t- discussing Dirty Dancing. A movie I have not seen since you first rented it, uh, what, 32 years, 33 years ago? I've only ever seen it once. I, I was rented like, it? Huh? Hmm. Or, you know, no. I, I rented it? Well, our mother told uh, told me that you and an old, let's let's bring back a name we haven't said in decades, Marlo Thomas. <laughs> I think it was Marlo. Marlo. Wait, Marlo Thomas is the actress, I don't think right? that was her... That was not her last name. I don't remember what it was. Okay. Yeah, I remember watching it at her house. I think I was in the second or third grade. Yes. I don't didn't realize that you remembered that, but that is how I was introduced to it. I mean, I've seen it like a gajillion times. Yeah, since, you know what? I think but, I have this uh, wrong. I think I have this wrong. I think that's how you saw it the first time, but... I remember it being on one of those infamous VHS tapes that we always talk about that Grandpa taped for us off HBO, and you must ask him to tape Dirty Dancing, because uh, I know that we saw it more than once. Well, I know it played in our house more than once. I always feel like I was walking in towards oh, the end sure. sequence where we're all dancing, and I catch bits and pieces. So this is something you've seen way more mm-hmm. than I have. This is only the second time I've seen oh, yeah. it, and I, I, want, I wanted nothing oh, wow. to do with it for a really long time, and I watched it again, I was like, no, I'm fine with it. It's, I mean, it's not going to be, uh, I probably won't ever watch it again. But I was like, I'm completely fine with this. Mm-hmm. It should not be called Dirty Dancing, by the way. I think sometimes 
no, it shouldn't. And I thought that when I was like eight or nine years old, I thought the same thing because I was like, what are you going to have me watch? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I remember the ads. The th- in newspaper ads are like, held over for the 17th week. You're like, what is up with this movie? You're like, Dirty Dancing. Is this porn? Is this like a movie for grownups? Mm-hmm. And then you watch it and you're like, Dirty Dancing is like a two-minute thing in this whole movie. And I'm like, they should have called it like My Summer at the Catskills or something like that, you know? Yes. I feel like that was probably like the the original name. Of it. Yeah, this is this is actually a really sweet time. <laughs> this reminds me of uh like Brighton Beach memoirs, where it's just a small chunk of her life at this old school kind mm-hmm. of Catskills, you know, resort area. And what this just is just a moment this, in time, yeah. yeah. Is this set around the same time as the in crowd, like mid sixties? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember exactly when, but yes, mid sixties because like she was verging on you know, she wanted to go to college and study economics, and she wanted to go to the Peace Corps. And I think that was kind of like, yeah, I think that was verging on, you know, almost like almost hippie. So it might have been like late sixties. I don't a hundred percent remember yeah, what year. Yeah, they, they, they don't place, mention anything but, about Vietnam. So I feel like it's just like before that, but it probably tells you on IMDb. Maybe, but, I don't want to yeah. but what I also like about this movie is similar to what was the in crowd is nobody is predictable. None of the situations that you're used to in high school movies or stuff like that, you don't see it coming. And there's no villain in this. Really, everybody has is so complicated. No. They have the reasons for you know momentarily you know being a dick or whatever, or being difficult, and. I was truly impressed. Jennifer Grey should have been a star, and I don't get it. Is just because she took off the tip of her nose and that's it? I mean, I don't really know what the story was. I would like to point out that at the time that they made this movie, she was 27. Wow. But uh, I don't know. I mean... She kind of had a thing for a while. She It's not like she didn't make other movies. What it's did not she even make? like they were even... Tell me, what is she... I don't know idea what, what she... I know she did a movie called Wind, like five years after this with Matthew Modine. I she tell was you in Red movie. Dawn. No, no, but after. What do you Dirty mean? Dancing. She was in... Oh, I don't know, after. She was the sister on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Was that before or after? That was before. That's what led to her being able to audition for Dirty Dancing. Okay, then I don't know. And I remember someone was just telling me that uh, it was offered to Sarah Jessica Parker first. And I can't remember who they offered it first uh, before Patrick Swayze. Or or they offered to Patrick Swayze and he couldn't do it because of something else he was tied to. And then the other person dropped out. I can't remember. But... um, I know he didn't. He didn't really want to do it because he didn't want to work with her again after uh, Red Dawn. Well, I can see why they At least had... that's what I read. Well, I... Okay, so if you think about Red Dawn, is he's supposed to be the alpha dog, the leader in that one, so he has to be hard on everybody, and, and he seems like the kind of guy who really commits, and he might have rubbed people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I just... It says that he thought she she, she just annoyed him or something. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Well, um... also young actors. It was Billy Zane who they offered it to first. Oh my god! Yeah, and they said that he. Didn't, oh my they didn't, god! They didn't. He had no chemistry with Jennifer Grey, so that's when they went to Patrick Swayze, who was thirty-four. Holy shit! Well, I mean, 
You know, I actually am a little surprised we picked this movie because I do not in any way, shape, or form actually consider this a teen movie. Uh, <clears throat> even though her character is supposed to be a teenager, I don't really categorize it in that it, way at all. Well, in my, um, well, we talked about this in the very beginning of the show. Is Not all the movies are going to necessarily be focused on teens, but who did they sell sure. it to is also a factor. They clearly sold this to teenagers as if they were seeing something naughty. So I feel like most of the audience yeah, was teenage, college age. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I will say that, um, you know, I don't know how Patrick Swayze got into acting, but he was a professional dancer, right? Yep. <clears throat> and... Um, I'm trying to remember what else I was going to say. And that one, he had a song on the soundtrack, which was very popular, and that was interesting. Um, <clears throat> this is definitely... What? I was going to say, that is the only song, I think, the only original song that actually sounds like it's from that period. I mean, there's better production value, but the, a lot of the songs, I just did go and... Oh, yeah, this sounds exactly like it's out of the 80s. It doesn't fit. I've had the time of my life. It does not sound like it belongs in 1960-whatever. Sure. No, it doesn't. Um, you know what I think might have been the reason why? She, I don't know if this is it, but uh, we have talked about this before. But at the time of the infamous car accident with Matthew Broderick, she was the one who was with him. She was his girlfriend at the time. And I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Oh. Oh, that's ironic. Eh? Sarah Jessica Parker is who he ended up marrying later. That's weird. Yeah. So, um, I mean, isn't it, it also weirds me out sometimes. I know it shouldn't weird me out. Whenever, like, people who play siblings in, like, movies and TV shows end up, like, dating or oh, getting that, married. Oh, that's totally fucking weird, weird man. When they did that in Roswell, I was like, no, please don't do that. That's gross. Oh, yeah. Well, the worst one was, like, Dexter. And then they were, like, brother and sister. And then they actually got married in real life. And then they got divorced in real life. All while the show was still going. Oh, that is just uncomfortable. Yikes. Yeah, just uncomfortable. So, um, you know, I, I had... I know you had asked me if I had watched the sequel to the or not. I don't know. Is it a sequel? I guess it must be. I don't know. Kind of All I remember sequel. is it played at the theater I was <clears> the working. Havana Nights. Yeah, it played at the theater I was working at. I remember walking in, seeing Patrick Swayze, and going, "Wait, what the hell? Is this a sequel?" Wait, he was in it. Yeah, he's in a small part where he's teaching them how to dance oh, in a ballroom. So I didn't yeah. know if it was set later where he was still a teacher or what. Oh, okay. And then also we talked about the not so long ago, uh, re like Hallmark movie version that they did. And <clears throat> to be to be blunt, I heard it's absolute trash town, and I don't intend to watch it. But I'm almost like want to watch them both out of like deep care uh, deep curiosity now. So I should have done it in preparation of this. But I uh, did not. It's not as easy to get uh, get a hold of. Right. Well, also, we're, we 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 <clears throat> talked about doing this episode just as they announced another a real sequel, I guess, 
where Jennifer Grey yes. is now a teacher. Yes. So I was like, what are the chances of us doing the episode? Then like two days later, they announced the sequel. I'm like, well, that's kismet. Yeah, it was it was super weird. Yeah, because I was just like, is this what you were gonna ask me about? But because I because you had sent me something about the remake on Hallmark, but it was the same day as they had announced that they were making like a sequel. And I don't know what her role is actually supposed to be in it. It doesn't. I never saw anything explaining what she's doing. But um, but uh, yeah. Apparently, there are no original ideas left in the world. No. Everything is a remake or a spinoff, and I'm sorry, like, I don't have a lot of faith in it, because it's just like, it's just, they, I don't think they can capture the same feeling yeah. uh, You know the sequel, you know the sequel is going to tap later. into, it's going to tap into, like, 80s. Uh, uh, nostalgia. It's like the way Valley yeah. Girl. The, I've, I've seen the trailer for Valley Girl remake. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I keep waiting for a good deal in the bundle. But um, it's like set in the '80s, but it's telling it through like Alicia Silverstone. Well, I was a kid back in the '80s, and I was like, "This is what we're gonna." I don't, Alicia Silverstone. You were like nine. I don't understand. So it's probably gonna be one of those things yeah. where they manipulate time, where Jennifer Grey is a teacher like in 1985, and they're all dancing around the neon, or something like that. Um, I'm seeing some really interesting facts about people who they had originally considered for the role, uh, other people that you didn't mention, and I have no idea if any of this is true, but, because it sounds like poppycash to me, uh, this says the first choice for the role of Baby was Mindy Khan. What? Well, that would have been interesting, but it was really hard to lift her. But she was unavailable. Man, but the comedic factor could have been what might have been a little bit different. Yeah, isn't she? The, um, then, I've been watching a lot of Facts of Life lately. She is holding that show together like nobody's business. She's the best part of that show. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, I remember thinking highly of her, but I can't say more than that. Um, but this other fact says that their the first choice was P. Isadora. Which oh, I don't feel like could actress. be real. Oh, she's only an actress because her husband got her jobs. He was like the head of the Golden Globes. Yeah, I don't know. Isn't it, I don't I don't really believe that. But it always fascinates me when they say you, when you see that kind of stuff and think, oh shitters, that could work. Now I think Sarah Jessica Parker would have been just she would have been great like i wouldn't have been disappointed in seeing that version of the movie uh because we have you know we've recently talked about her and how much we find joy in her like especially her earlier performances um but everybody else makes me feel super creepy like like billy zane like i really like him but he would have been a terrible choice well he's also too young he was 20 at the time and i don't see how he can have that Patrick Swayze pulls yeah. off the mid twenties. He he actually does it, but it's the, like it, I just couldn't the, buy like it. charisma. You mean right? Or well, whatever? no, because he has charisma for days. But what I'm talking about is there's a history behind Patrick Swayze's eyes. He he's been around for a while and seen some rougher stuff. I don't buy that with Billy Zane. So is it true? Am I seeing correctly that Kenny Ortega was the uh, choreographer for this movie? Yeah, still we love Kenny Ortega. Maybe? He has his hands all over so much great stuff. 
Yeah, I kind of I kind of have a lot of love for him, which is why I will be willing to watch the High School Musical movies, which I know we've discussed <laughs> in past episodes that we're going to come around to it at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't I don't think I've ever seen any but the first one. Um, but I do have a deep love for Kenny Ortega and I won't even be embarrassed to say this. Zac Efron. Like, like I love Zac Efron. Yeah, I've never seen so. the movie, so I'm more than willing to give it a chance because he, I've, I've come around on Zac Efron, but I love Kenny Ortega. Um, even though yeah. I don't particularly get Hocus Pocus, but it's not meant for me, especially at the age I saw. I see some movies way too late. Yeah, we've talked about this and how I like, I really wanted to do an episode on on Hocus Pocus. I think last year was an anniversary, a good big anniversary, yeah. and you were just like, "No." Nope. Well, and you know, like, does that okay. count as a teen movie, though? Does that count? Because we could do it on this show. I don't know. Cause... I no, I don't know that it does. It, we don't have to. Uh, Omri cats forever. <laughs> Omri cats forever. Seriously, though, um, you know, why don't we wait until we see if they actually make the Hocus Pocus sequel that they say that they're going to make, and we can discuss it again then. I can see that being a Disney Plus, for sure. Yeah, I can too. And, you know, I actually, it came out as a book, um, and um, it's actually a combo. It's really, really thick because it's actually the book based on the movie. I mean, basically, it's just the movie in book form and then and then paired with the sequel with um, then their characters as adults. So, oh, okay. Omri Katz and Vanessa, Vanessa Shaw, I think is her name, right. as adults who, like, you know, get married and then it's like, shit happens again and i'm desperately hoping that if they do this that they do it right and they have them come back as the parents and then like i'm on board and then uh then maybe we can talk about it then but we're digressing for the right. 50th time uh, I love Kenny so, the end. so dirty dancing came from a company called vestron uh, i've never seen a company break out and burn down as fast as vestron i mean it's fucking ridiculous uh, they started off as a video distributor uh, in, like, 84. Yeah. So they're mostly buying, you know, licensing out movies from other people and putting them on video. And then uh, they started production, I think, in late 86. They had no hits except for Dirty Dancing, which made a buttload of money. But they spent so much money right after that, thinking they were going to have other hits. And by 1990, they were done. But they had uh, mm. the Dirty Dancing soundtracks, which I think there's two or three volumes of. Those are huge. Uh, they had the Dirty yeah. Dancing TV show. And I think the reason we see so many Dirty Dancing things come up is because Miramax, I believe, owns the rights to Dirty Dancing. So they will lose okay. those rights if they don't do a production of it. It's it's one of these things where if you don't... Like, it's uh, Children of the Corner Hellraiser. They have to make one of those every so many years or they lose the rights. I see. Can I ask a question? Go ahead. Um... Dirty Dancing show, did that ever see the light of day? Oh, yeah, it was on for a whole season. I remember being on. Don't you remember? We watched oh. it. It was um, Laura Hardin from no. The Office and Patrick Cassidy. Well, I mean, I'm seeing that, but I don't remember it. I don't. I didn't know who Melora Hardin was. Oh, no, I, no, I, no. I just no remember watching it. It was, was Saturday then. nights on CBS. No, I don't remember that at all. Paul Feig was also in it. What? Oh my god! Oh, I bet you he was the nebbish a... guy who worked at the place. He 
he's the third person listed here. There's a lot of good people. Constance Marie is in this. McLean Stevenson. There's like, it's sort of, no, I don't remember this even a little bit. Um, speaking of, McLean uh, Stevenson must be playing the Jerry cool. Orbach role. Jerry, Jerry Orbach, I think, was a Broadway guy, and he oh, just really gosh. broke out with this role. Yes. I, I love how complicated his character is because he's frustrated the whole time, but he keeps, he actually makes the right decisions most of the time. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is, like, they have such an interesting, like, father-daughter relationship that that he, that you, I guess, you don't see a lot uh, portrayed um, in entertainment where, like, she's, she's a good kid and he trusts her completely and, you know, he doesn't punish her, he doesn't, um, you know, but he is disappointed right because he's never but but in the end like she did things for the right reasons and he i think sees that um so he she's kind of just like him you know that uh and and you can kind of see that um and i I just don't feel like that those kinds of relationships are portrayed very often in the media Uh, you know uh, there's always that whole like uh you know I don't understand my teenage daughter and um, I say really stupid, awkward things and, oh, dad, you know what I mean? Like, right. there's just not very much, like, in- intelligent, like, like depth to father-daughter relationships, which I realize is, like, really kind of not at all the point of this movie, but it is still valid, like, part of the story, I think. Yeah, well, um, I mean, a big part is that she, baby, sacrifices uh, what she has planned for the summer to help out Cynthia Rhodes, who has to drop out, well, help Patrick Swayze's character, because Cynthia Rhodes has to have the abortion, which I did not yeah. remember in this movie at all, and when they, they handled it actually oh. very classy, they didn't go melodramatic, they didn't really damn it or no. accept it. It's just as is. It just happens. And this is before it was legalized, so there's yeah. a lot of dangers. Right, which is, you know, I mean, you know, maybe people watching the movie now don't necessarily, like, catch that, the, the importance of that element. Like, what, how dangerous what she was doing, you know, how dangerous it was. Um, and... Um, the valid, the the value of like you know him as a doctor like um, stepping in and, and helping her. But um, anyway, I don't know what my point was there. Um, Cynthia Rhodes is beautiful. Wasn't she married to like Richard Marks or still is married to Richard? Oh, divorced in 2014. I think isn't he married to um, Daisy Fuentes? I have no idea. Well, I, I know her from Runaway. She was uh, Tom Selleck's partner in that movie. Oh, Cynthia Rhodes? Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that she did so much. Did she really do that much acting? No, I think she or only did like three or four movies, dancing? but she was mostly known as a dancer. So she was in, she was in Flashdance, but that makes staying alive. That those things make a lot of sense. Okay. Um. Anyway, um, I will say that um, there's this movie really is like full of uh, great quotable moments. And has very iconic scenes 
that have had influence on on our uh, entertainment culture for 30 years. My favorite line from the movie is, I carried a watermelon. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's so uncomfortable after she says that. Because <laughs> it's so awkward and so dumb, but just so, like, ridiculous. And then, of course, the, you know, no, nobody puts baby in the corner. That's quoted all the time. You know, the whole, like... Uh, fucking jump sequence or whatever that they do at the, you know, in their dance, like they practice it in the water, then they do it at the end of the movie, and of course they're they're in sync, they're in sync because they're in love, so it works finally, whatever. But um, how, I mean, that's just been done over and over and over and over and over in movies. Um, so it's definitely made its mark on culture. Yeah, you know, I thought the uh, the cat skills. I, I until I watched this movie again, I'm not kidding. I found I feel stupid right now, but I thought the cat skills were like a nickname for old, like vaudevillian stages or something. Ah, he worked cat skills. I didn't know it was a place. I thought it was just like oh. a name for shitty, off the beaten path uh, stand up places. I didn't really, I mean, obviously, I didn't really understand what it was at the time, but I, I've seen enough stuff now that's, like, referencing to it that I, I understand what it is, but it's a, kind of a strange con- concept that it was, like, this, like, family-style summer getaway for, like, wealthy Jewish people in in right? I guess. I mean that's what generally what I'm Yeah. Why do you I'm did I miss the Jewish part? Is that a thing? I I don't know. Oh, I, just I don't know. If okay. I, I thought it was just like a resort, I, you know. I could be wrong about that that part, but part of the reason why I thought that is because I don't know if you've seen any of the show, um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on um, Amazon Prime in like season, well there's three seasons now. Um, On season two, most of the season takes place at a very similar setting. Okay. And um, and what I gleaned from that sh- from the show was I think I got it from the show was the the Jewish element. Okay. I mean I don't know I don't know if that really mattered or not. But I mean she definitely her family was and it was definitely like an important element on the show. So I don't know. So we're looking at all these. And dance I assume movies. I assume that their family was too. In Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at all the dancing movies around this era. 87, 88 is when, like, just, it's like a ton of them were kind of... And even if they, they weren't all hits, they still got promoted pretty heavily. Why do you think Orion just dumped the in crowd? Like, you would think post-Dirty Dancing, post-Hairspray, they would have pushed this hard. Yeah, it's, it is really interesting because we're seeing, we're talking about two movies that, I mean, they're similar in some ways, but are like on the extreme opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to, you know, uh, its success. And, and in fact, it, it, that anybody has ever heard of it, like everyone and like almost everyone and most women, I would dare say, you know, Dirty Dancing is part of their normal, like, uh, you know, this is like almost girl code. Like, 
you, you have never seen this movie, sit your ass down and we're watching this movie. Like we, I've even done that with like different like boys. I'm like I'm at a party and the boys look like sit your ass down and watch this movie right now. <laughs> so for How you, it's like it's like movie. the female uh, version of like Predator. Every dude has seen Predator and they love Predator. <laughs> you gotta see Predator. Are you serious? That's yeah, a thing. It is. We've all seen Predator. Oh it's it's the manliest movie ever made. I mean, I'm not saying I haven't seen it. I've seen, like, all of them, including the newest one, which I quite liked. Just, I, I feel like that the new theater. one was, that, that new one you clearly was chopped up. There's another version out there that's more coherent. Oh, I mean, it was terribly edited. There was a ton of issues. There was so much continuity problems. But I still liked it. Yeah, me too. And, yeah. again, I saw it at the movie theater. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Uh, anyway. You, you love movies. That's what it is. Also, you know what I'm going to say. I've got a girl crush. Thomas Jane. On a certain lovely lady. Oh. Oh, huh? Olivia Munn. Yes. Are you <laughs> kidding me? That woman is magical. <laughs> All right. Sorry. So that is the end of this episode. Yes, you don't need us to tell you the dirty dancing. It's easily available. It's like 300 different anniversary versions of it. I feel like an anniversary version comes out every five years, like Highlander. Um... <laughs> But the in crowd has never been beyond VHS, and I found a beautiful, uh, I guess it's off a of cable, like one of those HD cable stations, whatever. That's the version I have. Um, it, it's one of those that should be discovered. This is one of those things that should have rose up out of video and talked about, and it just didn't. I agree. It is like, again, like I had said at the beginning, like a, a hidden gem in the 80s, you know, um, teen repertoire that, you know, everyone should have the chance to experience. Is that weird, though? Because it seems like the 80s and 90s are filled to the brim with, hey, we discovered this later on video or cable. There's so many movies that tanked or barely got released and we just discovered because there was only so many movies available and you could only pick it up at the video store. Now, there's a thousand yeah. movies every single fucking day on a streaming channel and I cannot keep up. I can see why there's no cult hits no. now. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just a glut. Yeah, too of... much content. Yeah, I agree. I understand what you're saying. Like, I mean, I think that we may feel differently, but it's just like anything, it's going to take 20 years, maybe 10 to 20 years for us to have those to know. Yeah. You know? Um, so that is the end of this episode. Check us out on Facebook under Video Night. We are the spinoff of that. And next episode, the Bill and Ted double feature, maybe triple feature if, it, uh, if it's affordable. And it comes out. They better not be charging 30 bucks like Mulan. I cannot. No. <laughs> I'll wait. You know, that. I, I don't want to get into that, but I'm a little. I am frustrated about the Mulan thing. But also, like, I would. I would much, much. Like, I'm much more excited about watching Bill and, Ted, Bill and Ted than I am Mulan. So, if, like, I had to pay 30 bucks for anything, I would. it's much more likely that I would pay it for Bill and Ted. If, I love If Bill I and can Ted. keep it. If it's just a rental, then no. Yeah. Well, we'll see because, I mean, it's not a Disney release, so I don't know why they would do it like that. Right. Uh, well, it's the same company that's releasing, anyway. uh, that released uh, Valley Girl, and they released it, what, for fourteen ninety nine or something like that its first week. Mm, okay. So it, it's more feasible. I think 
this is it's gonna be one of the, what is what is coming out the same day we were talking about this they, they released two big movies for us personally uh, the same damn it's day it's the like, new mutants yeah new mutants and Bill and Ted on the same day what are you guys fucking thinking there's only like 300 screens yeah. in this entire country that are open I'm I'm desperately hoping that they'll the drive-in will sh- near me will show it cause like that would be worth it for me to drive like 45 minutes oh a double <laughs> feature would be brilliant oh it'd be brilliant yeah yeah, I, I, we'll see. But just, hopefully, what day does it come out? The twenty eighth. Okay, so I guess yeah, I'll, I'll start watching the other ones, and then maybe we'll we can catch the third one before we record again. But okay, cool. I never get tired of Bill and Ted, so woohoo! Yeah. All right, everybody. Anything you want to say before we go? Nope. Okay. The way I stated that was as if I was pausing to let everybody at home say something. I said, all right, everybody, anything else to say about this movie? And they're all like, you, you can't hear that's, us. What are you that's about? why I paused for a second because <laughs> I was like, wait, you, you're, wait, I'm the only person you're talking to. So I'm the <laughs> no, only one I don't, who's uh, supposed to respond. Damn. But, I mean, I have nothing to talk about. I mean, I never leave my house. What are you even saying? I know. At least you have to face the psychos. I'm not wearing a mask. It's a hoax. Fuck you. Yeah, so what? I'm what? How many months are we into this now? Like six? six? Five. Six months five. into We're quarantine? Almost to six. Yeah. Five. We're in five, five months into quarantine. Yeah, my, my uh, place of business, which, I mean, we've mentioned it plenty of times. I'm a librarian, like, right? So we were open for 10 whole days in the month of july and then we had to close again so i go to work certain days of the week but i don't see people except for a few co-workers so i don't know whatever i've gone mad because i've been drinking a lot lately and i have a puppet i have a puppet people who is my id no he's my yeah, super ego i'm the id am... right is that how that works uh yeah okay. i don't know i forget i even have a degree in psychology and i can't remember <laughs> so we're fucked college girl what do you know <laughs> And at that, we should probably end. Yeah, let's go. Bye.